It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to uh, the Franchise Academy Podcast. My name is Tom Scarda, and I am a franchise consultant. I'm the author of Franchise Savvy. I work with folks all over the country, helping them figure out if franchising is for them or not. I've been doing it now for 16 years, the longest I've done anything. And uh, I'm about to release a new online training course for people wanting to buy a franchise. So look out for that on my website, thefranchiseacademy.com. And that'll be in, um, and, and also this podcast in all places that podcasts are broadcast. So today I have an old friend with me. I'm really excited to have Mike Magic with me, who is the CEO of Griswold Home Care. So Mike's been serving as a chief, chief operating officer with Griswold um, since 2016. Before that, he was senior vice president of operations. Before that, he was the head of franchise development. Before that, he worked with a company called Amco, which you may know. Uh, that's a big brand name uh, that many, I think all Americans know, probably like a 95% brand awareness. So Mike, welcome to the Franchise Academy. It's great to be here, Tom. I, I, I will say I don't have the same cool glasses that Tom has. I've got wireframe from Rite Aid so I can just read, but I love your glasses, Tom. And it's great to be with you and to catch up again. Yeah, this is so cool. Um, I remember meeting you way back in the day and, and we always hit it off and always had a good time at Franchise conferences all over the country. Yep. Um, and I know that a lot of your compatriots are in other parts of franchising now and, um, you know, all over the place from, from Amco to Philly pretzels and, and all of that stuff. So oh, yeah, good times. Always. So, so uh, what have you been doing, man? We have, I haven't seen you. I don't know how long it's been. It's gotta be four or five years. So, the last time we did speak, you were working as the development person for Griswold. Yeah. Um, so where, what have you been doing then? Yeah, so I moved uh, over from the development side to the operation side. And, um, you know, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed being on the development side because I like growing footprint of an organization. And it's always good to see new people come in living the American dream. And there's always great satisfaction when you help people through a process to get educated and watch them pull the trigger on a business. Not a, not a high percentage of people in America, you know, are risk tolerant enough to pull the strings on a business. So it's always great to be on that side, but I uh, love being on the operation side where I get to work on market share. Um, and it's been uh, last five years I've been on the operation side. And as you mentioned, chief operating officer for this company since 2016. And, uh, I, you know, it's fun because I used to bring them in and then hand them off. And now uh, I have a franchise development manager who brings them in and hands them off. And uh, my operations team and I pick it up from there. And, you know, we help them get their businesses up and running and live that American dream that everybody wants to when they buy a business. So it's been exciting for me because it's a, a labor of love to help people in and then help them succeed. Yeah. Amen to that. And, and it's, it is great. Just um, and in your particular industry, it, it's extra special because you're literally helping families. Sometimes they're in crisis and your franchisee comes in as a knight in shining armor to help, you know, the family and, and mom or dad, um, 
you know, kind of stay in their home uh, as they're kind of getting into their, you know, golden years. Yeah, I think, I think, I think one of the great things about it, I, I was just telling somebody earlier today, as a matter of fact, that being in this business, I get a chance to feed my soul every single day because we're on the front lines of it in our company-owned offices. So we have to oversee our company-owned offices that are, you know, giving, uh, providing home care to our clients. And I get to feed my soul every day. There's no greater feeling than helping families in times of crisis to, you know, help their loved one live comfortably, live safely and live with dignity. It's, it's a, a great, great feeling. Yeah, no question about it. And it's, such a profound needed service yeah it's um you know a lot of people will say oh you know there's there's a lot of those companies out there that do that thing franchise did not mm. and and yeah that's true but you know from the people i know that are franchisees in this world they can't answer the phone fast enough getting clients is not an issue <laughs> it's the one thing about this is there is no ceiling in sight it's it, and it's very competitive. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there, but everybody's chasing the growing demand. It's just uh, there's just no way to really be able to service the number of people that need the, these services. So, you know, as a business opportunity, if you're looking at purely capitalistically, very recession resistant, very pandemic resistant. And um, just, you know, we're, we're only in the beginning stages. I, I like to say to people that are considering this business as much as the demand is 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 high today we're not even working with our baby boomers we're working with the great generation the baby boomers are 73 years old and still relatively healthy so we have about six years or seven years before the baby boomers start turning 80 and that's really the the, the age that you know they really start to need a high level of care so uh it's 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 a great it's a great feeling to be in an industry that has such great demand today and we're still not even at the precipice of where we're going to be yeah I totally agree, hundred percent. But for those that don't know Griswold or, or in-home healthcare, for that matter, what what kind of services do you guys provide? Sure, this particular company's focus is on the non-medical skills. That, so there's skilled and there's non-skilled. And skilled would be, you know, obviously the the, the therapy things, the infusion things, uh, you know, the surgery recovery things. You know, those things that are more acute in nature and non-medical is more of the custodial needs, the things that you and I, Tom, today at our age, we take for granted that we do for ourselves, like bathe ourselves and dress ourselves and <clears throat> feed ourselves and, you know, keep a, a, a neat home and get to a doctor's appointment, get to, a, you know, a, a park if we want to go to a park or, you know, enjoy life the way we would enjoy life that, you know, at, one, at some age, you can't do those things anymore where you need assistance. So all the activities of daily living, which is the bathing, dressing, those kinds of more personal needs, and then the instrumental activities of daily living, like making sure um, that they're socialized, making sure that they're paying their bills, making sure that that they're taking their medications, things that are instrumental in their lives uh, are, are the things that uh, we do on the non-medical side. And it's a very great complement to the skilled companies that are out there. Yeah, yeah, no question. So the um, brushing up on my, my in-home healthcare homework, Griswold is really, a, it's just a little bit different, I think, than the average run-of-the-mill in-home healthcare. What makes you guys different? 
Well, um, <laughs> yeah, back, back in the day, there was there was a lot of a lot of differences in terms of how we ran our model. Things have changed over the years, and we've adapted with the changes over the years. So um, we're a lot like others, with the exception of one major major difference that I always like to talk about. Uh, because you have to have a value proposition in order to grow your business. And you have to have a reason people want to do business with you over your competition. We have a really heavy focus on cognition. Uh, we have a science company that works uh, to interpret the results of the testing that we do, provides us with the scoring and where somebody's on the cognition scale. We test for anxiety and depression and functional mobility so we can understand whether somebody's you know, uh, comfortable moving around on the feet or with assistive devices or with people. The, the, the package that we have um, is really focused on providing the right kind of outcomes for uh, families. So when you have somebody who you're bringing care into the home, uh, most of the people that we service do not have clinical diagnosis. So when you go into the home, you don't know what you're dealing with cognitively, and it creates a lot of challenges. So uh, we have this great cognition program that's very client-centric. Um, everybody in the industry uh, does what we'll call the caregiver-centric approach, training caregivers, educating them, making sure that they know what's going on in the home. But until you have a clinical diagnosis, it's almost impossible to know how to handle a person, how to match properly. Once you, once you bring families out of denial in terms of you know, their feeling about mom or dad being a little forgetful, a little clumsy, now we, we put science behind that, we measure it, and then we provide that information, and then we go to work to try to provide great outcomes. So um, that's probably the biggest differentiation that this company has today, but just a phenomenal program around cognition, which is at the forefront of falls, uh, hospitalizations, uh, and decline. Mm, yeah. Very well-rounded. I like that. Um, yeah. Definitely can help the families. So I have to ask you, um, how did you guys bear out during COVID and pandemics and all that stuff? Yeah, I think what you'll hear from anybody you speak to in this industry is uh, March and April were, were uh, down months. Uh, once the pandemic hit, uh, we saw anywhere from 10 to 15% decrease in revenues. And then about May, when things started, to, when I say normalize, I don't mean that we got back to normal, but when, when people started normalizing, either working at home or, you know, understanding new routines that they had, if they were, if they were furloughed from a job, once things became normalized in this new pandemic world, uh, we saw revenues go back up. And in fact, uh, one of the great things uh, coming out of the pandemic, you learn a lot when, you, when you're faced with that kind of adversity and challenge as we've never faced in our lives, um, is that um, people now, um, you know, we can, we can do things a lot differently. We're much more uh, able to handle things in a remote world or a virtual world than we ever were prepared to do before. But the biggest challenge that has been a benefit to our industry is facility care. A lot of facilities got a really, really bad rap for the things that were going on in facilities. A lot of families had lost loved ones that they couldn't see because they couldn't get into the facility to see their loved one before they passed. Um, and it's just a lot of tragedies that we hear about uh, in New York. You're familiar with it, I'm sure, as well as around, around the country. So uh, a lot of people started bringing their loved ones back home. And now uh, 
there isn't a desire to put them back in the facilities where before there was, before the pandemic, people were, were handling their loved ones much like, uh, you know, uh, a commodity in a way. Look, let's get them over to a facility because I can't handle it anymore. It's too much. Um, but, you know, having seen or experienced tragedies, people have learned that the best place to be, the safest place to be is in home. And so we've seen a boost in our business uh, since the pandemic recovery in about uh, April of last year. Yeah, that's, I've heard that story. And um, and it makes so much sense. You know, uh, if, as long as the person, the loved one that's in a facility is, is not needing, you know, 24 hour like nursing care. Um, you know, bring them home and, uh, <laughs> you well, know. there's, but there's a big push today, Tom, even for the skilled side. I mean, you know, you, you talk about hospitals at home. Uh, there's a lot of programs today with a lot of healthcare practitioners now that are focusing on bringing all the components uh, into the home. You, you, if you follow what's going on in this industry, uh, CMS is doing a lot of things right now around the social determinants of health, you know, and they're really beginning to reimburse for services prior to things becoming acute so that, you know, if we can, if we can have them living in a cleaner environment, breathing cleaner air, getting, you know, uh, moving around so they're not, so they're not, you know, they're, 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 they're active and staying healthier, eating properly, all the things that go along with preventing illnesses or acute issues. So even, even uh, with a, a higher level acuity, those things can be done in the home by bringing in various practitioners to handle those things. And there's never been a better time than today in, in our industry on the non-medical side to finally have gotten the attention of the, the skilled side and the attention of CMS and Medicare Advantage. Uh, today, the, the non-medical side has a seat at the table. In fact, a very important seat because we're the, we're the boots on the ground, if you will, and the less expensive boots on the ground to help families in their most challenging times. Love that. Yeah, that's so cool. Really cool. So um, just want to say for those uh, just tuning in, we're talking to the CEO of Griswold Home Care. This is CEO, just to be fair, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to offend our CEO. I'm the okay. CEO. <laughs> Sorry about that. My, my bad. So, um, so Mike is a, a franchise expert. Been around for many, many years in franchising. We're just talking about in-home healthcare and how it's really growing uh, because of COVID. So, how many locations do you have now, Mike? Yeah, so we have uh, numbers are, uh, I'll just round them off so they're even numbers. We have 80 franchise owners that own 170 territories in 30 states. And we also have uh, six offices that we uh, oversee 14 territories in three states that we own and operate as company-owned locations. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So those company-owned locations, you're using those as kind of like test facilities sometimes and just keeping your feet on the ground to know what the franchisees are going through. Is yeah, that both. I mean, we do exactly what we sell. So anybody that was going to invest in a Griswold home care franchise would be working with a company that does every single day exactly what we'd be selling them to do. So we're in the home care business uh, and we've been in that home care business for a long time. But to your point, we also use our company owned offices as a test kitchen. I think one of the great things that we have because we're in the business doing it every day is when we want to explore, we want to bring on new programs, new technology, we can, we can run that through our company 
loan officers before we ask our system to invest in things that may or may not work. Rather, it, it fails on our dime than their dime. And I think they appreciate that. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that, that is a really great franchise um, characteristic that, that I like to see in, in a franchise as I'm matching somebody to a business model. Yeah. That really is important to, you know, to me. Uh, having owned and operated franchises myself, uh, that that didn't do that. Um, right, it was not cool. Uh, <laughs> so, does does somebody, if somebody's listening and they're, and they're thinking about getting into this space, maybe they never even thought about it till they heard, till they heard you. Um, one, how could they find out more about Griswold? Uh, and also, do they need to be like a healthcare professional? Yeah, so let's just start with the first uh, question. So if they want to learn more about Griswold, there's two areas they can go to. Uh, our consumer site, which is uh, griswoldhomecare.com. Uh, if they're interested in business opportunities, they go to our franchise development website, which is griswoldhomecare.com forward slash franchising. Either way, they'll be able to learn about our company uh, what we do, they'll be able to see the leadership team and, you know, what we bring to the table for experience. There's a lot of great educational uh, things on the websites, lots of good videos and testimonials. So you can go to either of those sites to be able to find out about us. As far as uh, the, what we'll call ideal candidate, um, it, they come from varied backgrounds. When I say they, I'm talking about the people that come into this business come in from varied backgrounds. But I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that anybody can come in and be successful, right? You have to have certain qualities about it, regardless of the background you that you come from. So you could be an engineer, you could be an architect, you could be a marketing professional, sales professional, an operations professional, an attorney. Now, there's a lot of different backgrounds, but there's commonalities that we know will create success. And one is, you know, what, what, how have you achieved? And it's not just about, you know, the, 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 the job you do, but how do you achieve in your practice? Have you overseen staff and, you know, what types of staff have you been able or have you been called on to make independent decisions that will affect the company? Because when you're in business, you've got, you're the top dog, you are your CEO and there is nobody to go up to and say, hey, what do you think about this? Am I doing this right? Except for the parent company, the franchise company, you have them to rely on. But ultimately, you've got to have a, 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 a requisite experience. You got to have the ability to have managed people and do that successfully. You got to have the proper funds, not just enough funds to buy a franchise, but the proper funds. Uh, you've got to be a good cultural fit, which means that you've got to want to make a difference. You've got to want to give back. You want got to uh, want to serve both people in your communities. Um, so there's there's things that have to be consistent in terms of what we're looking for. But the background itself um, is less important because what we'll do is identify where your strengths are, and that's what you'll focus on. And we'll hire, or you'll hire, I should say, um, to complement your strengths. So whatever you need support in, you hire, and that becomes your first very important hire. And they have the strengths you don't have, and you have the strengths they don't have, and you both focus on the various areas of the business based on what your strengths are. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well explained. Because uh, a lot of people will call up, call me, and, and say, "Well, I, you know, I'm an accountant, and so I think I should buy an H and R block." And I'm like, nah, "That's probably the last thing you want to buy." <laughs> yeah. you, you don't you know because a lot of times you bring 
habits, you know, from your past life. And, and the franchise company, you know, has the way to do it the correct way. And, and so that's what you're buying is that knowledge, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. You're buying, you're buying that blueprint for success. Yeah, and we, 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 we want to make sure um, there's, <laughs> I, I always like to say, we want to make sure there's a healthy amount of ego, but that the person is grounded enough to keep their ego in check because ultimately, you know, you have to have an ego to be successful. You have to have an ego to buy a business, right? That's what the drivers are that get you where you want to be in terms of success. But when you get into the business, you got to be able to check that ego at the door, put that ego aside and make sure that you're using your skill sets in combination with the subject matter experts that you'll have from the parent company, the franchisor that you're working with so that you can get that business ramped up, that you can live the American dream. And that, that, that requires a good skill set of ego and, and enough, um, uh, you know, enough to keep that ego in check when you need to put that ego in check and let somebody else drive in a, in a very short term to get you where you need to be and then kick that ego back in and drive your success. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I've never actually heard that before. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, you need to be coachable, but, but I like the way you explain it. So it's better detailed, I guess. I tell people that there's two reasons, the top two reasons why people fail in a business. One, they're undercapitalized. The second reason is ego. If that ego gets in the way, you're not going to survive. That is, that's so interesting. Yeah. So many people get into the business and they're like, I know how to do it better. I'm going to do it my right. way. Like, so Follow the system. You bought it. Right. That's it. Well, it's that ego that gets in the way and you got to be able to check that ego at the door during difficult times. It's a, the ego needs to be there because you got to, it's got to drive you to succeed, right? It's got to drive you to help your people succeed. But if you're not succeeding, especially early on, you got to be able to check that ego at the door and rely on the franchisor who has subject matter expertise in areas you may not. So Mike, what's one myth that you can bust right now about either franchising or in-home healthcare industry? Or both. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting question. I don't know if it's a myth, but I will say, but I will say that um, I talked to not not so much today because I'm not on the front lines of it, but I but I talked to all prospects during that process, and I think one of the biggest things that I would love to 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 bust if we're busting this is that there's job security. There's a lot of reasons that people don't buy a business is because they go for the job and they believe that the job has a security, right? Because I'm getting a paycheck every week. I have benefits every week. And I would say, I would challenge people to think differently about that. One of the reasons that people are looking for franchises because they were displaced and yet they go back to the same world that displaced them and try to get a job because there are two risk um they're, they're too risk uh, adverse to buy the business. But here's what I would tell you. I use, I use this expression, it's called ill-wed, I-L-W-E-D, ill-wed. And I say, let's look at these five, so it's an acronym for five words I'm gonna give you. And let's judge which one you could accomplish through a job or through a franchise. So I is income, that's what the I is. The L is lifestyle. The W is wealth building. The E is equity building. And then the D is debt reduction. 
So I'll, I'll, I'll say to a candidate, all right, you're considering a job and you're considering a business. Can you make an income with your job versus a business? Yes. Just call it a wash. You can make an income with a job. You can make an income with a business. Can you build wealth with a job versus a business? You cannot build wealth with a job unless you're at the highest of levels. You're going to get your merit increases, but that's what you're going to get. And it's going to be pretty close to where you're at. And it doesn't matter how long you're there. You're, you're not going to be able to ever build wealth in a job. You can with a business. And you talked about a lifestyle. Sorry, I get the L. So the lifestyle, you are working for somebody else, which means you're working on their terms. But when you have a business, it's your business. So lifestyle can be achieved with a business especially, you know, once you get through that ramp up period, but you can't necessarily have the lifestyle you want with a job. And then when you talk about equity building, you know, if you work with a company making $200,000 for 10 years and you're, it's time to go, they say it's time to go. Are they going to buy your job back for a million dollars or 800,000? No, they just take the job back and they look for somebody else and they put them in there. You can't build equity in a job. You can in a business. You can certainly, the wash with the debt reduction, you can reduce debt if you make good money with a job. If you're making really good money, you can do that in a business. But three out of five, for sure, lean the franchising way. Two, you could call a wash. So I say that if you want to bust any myth, you're not safer with a job than you are a business. If you have the assets and the means to buy a business. Amen to that. I mean, the, and, and the way I say it, not, not as well as you say it, but I just say a, a, a job is like renting an apartment and a house, you know, buying a house is like buying a job. Uh, I'm sorry, buying a, buying, yeah, it's like buying a business. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you, you got, you could have the best apartment in the world, but if you're just renting it here today, gone tomorrow, you got nothing to show for it. But in a business, it's, you know, in a home, it's, it's difficult. You're paying for it. If something breaks, it's on you. You got to fix it, repair the roof, the boiler, you know, whatever. But it's yours. And at the end, you build equity and, and hopefully you're going to sell it for a lot more than you paid for it. And by the way, you talk about us and the other myth. It's, it, there's no more security in a job than there is a business. You got to work at both. You got to prove you got to prove it on either side. So if you do it in both, yeah, you have a job. But at the end, what do you have? When you're ready, when you're ready to move on, what do you have? You might get a gold watch or you might not. You might not. Don't even do that. You get nothing. They don't do it anymore. So that's, that's how I look at it. Remember that ill way. You're welcome to, you're welcome to use it. And I will. And, uh, but I'm going to put it on the franchiseacademy.com in the show notes. So we'll have anybody that wants to review that. It'll be there for you. Uh, And I also just want to add the last thing before we have to go here, but um, a good friend of mine who I think you might know, Melissa Lewis, who's a franchise consultant with me. She once said something that stuck with me. Your first day on the job is your safest day. And every day you're there, it gets less and less safe. In a business, your first day in the business is the least safe day. And it gets safer and safer as you build your customer base. I love that, by the way. I love that. I'll leave you with a quote. Right. So I love I love good quotes, but I'll leave you with this quote, because if you're if you're going to succeed in anything, you have to have a learner's mindset. So the quote goes, if, um, oh, geez. Yeah. So, oh my God, I forget the quote. Um, oh yeah. In times of change, learners inherit the earth while the learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. And in today's pandemic with all the uncertainty and everything that's going on, 
If you have a learned mindset, you're done. So remember, keep a learner's mindset. We, as we grow, we learn, we educate, we get smarter, we do things better, but we're in the most challenging times we've ever faced. We need learners out there, not the learned. And you'll have a, you'll have a path forward, regardless of how you choose and what that path may be. Yeah. Amen to that. I love it, Mike. Thank you so much for, for dropping this wisdom, these golden <laughs> nuggets. Such a great, great, uh, great, just a great episode to have you on. This is, appreciate uh, appreciate you inviting me to the Franchise Academy podcast, Tom. I really do appreciate it. It's always great catching up with you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to find out more about Griswold Home Care, go to thefranchiseacademy.com. In the show notes, we'll have all the information, how to get in touch with the folks over there. You can learn more um, or reach out to me and I could uh, make that introduction. Again, my name is Tom Scarta and I am the uh, franchise advisor and coach here at the Franchise Academy. And Mike, thanks again for being here and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Take care. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.